Yeah, it's, it's in the right one. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, this is the right one. Okay, you should be good. Okay. While Dennis, while Dennis gets that set up, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us on today's special session. We're going to be talking all about really a very important topic, which is your, your Facebook profile and your Facebook ads account. Um, and now working with, with hundreds of digital marketing agencies across the country and um, some of them you know, doing Facebook ads, some of them not. It's just, it's massively important. If for some reason your Facebook ads account gets flagged or it gets banned, it could really impact your clients. Uh, it can impact your own personal profile, which gives you access to Facebook groups and the ability to communicate. Um, and I've had a couple of our members reach out saying they got completely locked out of Facebook, so they can't use it at all, which is terrible. And they, they've got to create another bogus account to try and use Facebook. Um, and I've had others that are saying, look, their ads account got shut down and they're, they're totally stuck. And I didn't really have the answers, right? I, I don't know what to do. I can't like plug you magically into someone at Facebook to help solve your problems. Um, and so I was like, who would be the best in the world at understanding how Facebook works, at understanding how to really best address this stuff? Um, and I really couldn't think of anybody better in the entire world than, than Dennis Yu. And so I reached out and he was gracious enough, gracious enough to say, yeah, he'd be glad to come on and kind of unpack what he thinks the best practices are and what you can do to prevent yourself from being hacked or blocked and or um, safeguard yourself so it doesn't even happen at some point in the future. So. Without further ado, Dennis, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you, Josh. So I wanna preface before we get started and go into the details. One is that if your ad account gets banned, do not contact me. Yeah. <laughs> I have thousands and th literally thousands of people hitting me up saying, hey, can you submit a note to Facebook or can you call up Facebook and you know have them look at my account or, or just, I would love to help but I'm just not able to, and not because we don't want to, and not because we don't have time, but Facebook won't allow us. Because back in the day, maybe when this first, the first time I got banned was in 2007, 13 years ago. And I used to be able to make requests internally and they would honor that. And I did it for some big companies, like uh, Pizza Hut had a problem with this, right? Because they had one rogue person on their account and I had to, and it was the agency, was a well-known agency that talks about Facebook ads. And I said, well, you, you're talking all about Facebook ads. You should be able to help yourself, right? You've written all these books and whatnot, spoken at the big conferences and other friends are like, just help them out, right? And I did, but I've done it so many times that Facebook won't allow it anymore. And it has to be on your own account. You have to be a client. And I'll explain more about that detail. But yeah, number one is don't reach out to me if you need help with your Facebook ads, right? If it got banned. And yeah, I can only imagine how, how inundated you get with those, uh, those types of messages. Yeah. And two, this is something that you'll hear from everyone else that's written an article about what happens when your Facebook ads get banned or your user level gets, or your, in your, uh, like your account gets banned or your ads get disapproved or whatnot, is read the Facebook terms, right? The ad terms show exactly what the issues are and most of the time, the advertiser, whether it's someone on your team or even the client, is doing something that got you in trouble. In the last six months, there have been a lot of unfair bans because of the automation that Facebook has. And Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook COO, has said over the last few years that they don't want to hire thousands and thousands of people to manually do account management 
or to work inside the policy team, which is ultimately what controls when ads get banned. So they want to do it through automation. And they believe that robots will be able to do a faster, better, and more consistent job. So that means that it's very difficult and increasingly will be difficult to contact someone for an appeal. If we know that that's the case, then most of what we have to do is from a prevention standpoint so that none of this stuff happens to us. And because of that, and, and we'll go through a little bit later what the rules are, what happens, you know, what do you need to do exactly step-by-step so that you don't get banned. And then if you do get banned, what do you need to do step-by-step? Step? We'll cover that. But more important, I believe, because I've been banned many times and we've helped other people get out of a sticky mess several hundred times over the last 13 years. I want you to understand first, what does it look like from Facebook's point of view? If you understand how Facebook is approaching this, where they're running this ecosystem and all these people are running ads and they're trying to figure out who is guilty and who is bad and what are the rules that, like, if you're a Facebook, what kinds of rules would you put in place? How would you manage these teams? How would you get around the, can you imagine getting literally millions of requests per day from people where they can't log into account, their ads got banned, they, you know, whatever, they lost control of their page, their website got hacked, right? Can you imagine what that must be like? And I'm not saying let's have empathy for Facebook because they're a, a trillion dollar company or whatnot, right? I, I just want you to understand from a policy standpoint how they might go around, uh, go about trying to protect themselves so that you realize that you are guilty until proven innocent, not because you're not a good person or because they're greedy and just wants, they want to ban everybody or not because of anything personal, but because there are millions of spammers out there trying to take advantage of the system. I want you to understand what that is. I'm going to tell you some stories from my direct personal experience. And I think you'll start to appreciate the magnitude of what Facebook is trying to do. Now, this is not, not me defending Facebook or trying to say, you know, you're an idiot for not knowing the terms or you should have um, amazing sympathy because they have such a difficult problem. I just want you to understand from a strategic standpoint, because when you understand this, this will help you not only with ads in terms of like not getting banned, but this will help you on the performance side to do better. Is that a fair deal? Do you guys find that valuable? hundred percent. Absolutely. That'd be amazing. When Facebook first opened up their ads platform in 2012, 13 years ago, I was one of the very first advertisers. And this is true even for flyers, which is the self-serve platform that allowed us to only run little banner ads that were 50 cent CPMs. And then they moved to a platform where you could actually run ads that had text and had targeting. And as you saw, gradually had more features as you know in the current modern day Facebook ad system. I had the very first rep that Facebook ever had. And there were only three or four of us that were running ads on Facebook. And I think it was her name. No, it wasn't Molly. Shoot, I forgot her name now. But she was the one rep. And anytime we ran ads, we would ping her and say, and it was me and two other guys on my team because I, I thought, hey, this is a really cool thing to go after. This could be a great opportunity. And, of course, you see what it is now. And we would get our ads pre-approved because we didn't, want anyone to get mad. Now, remember, this is when Facebook first started their ad program. There was no automation on what was happening. It was just this one girl. She was the one who was 
approving our ads. And she wanted to expand what was going on. So she said, we'll give you a whitelisted account. And white, because she knew that we were well known for PPC, because I ran the analytics at Yahoo and I was the PPC guy, you know, all the stuff around how do you run Google AdWords. And I've given a lot of talks on what's the viewpoint from the search engine to be able to, like, in the same way we're talking about Facebook, what's the view from the search engine that would cause you to get in trouble for doing something black hat from an SEO standpoint, right? And we listed all the things that people try to do that would get themselves in trouble and how the sandbox worked and, you know, resubmission and, uh, you know, Google Webmaster Tools, you know, which is now called Search Console, all the different tricks there, which should be another session, how to understand things from the search engine standpoint. And she gave us a whitelisted account. And to my knowledge, this is the only whitelisted account that's ever occurred in the history of Facebook. Wow. You guys, you, awesome. guys know what a, you guys know what a whitelisted account is? I'd love no, to know I don't in, think the, so. in, the, in the chat. Comments, guys. What is, what is a whitelisted account and why is that important? Don says, yes, he does. How about the rest of you guys? Okay. It means there's no rules, says Thomas, potentially. Right. It means Thomas, we can. Actually, I have no idea. Yeah, odds, ads are automatically approved. That's right. And what we did with the whitelisted, and I'll just, hmm, I will admit something here that I'll only <laughs> say one time. I've never said before. You've never heard me say it. I'm never going to say it again. But because I trust Josh, I'm going to tell you. This is publicly, uh, this is publicly accessible. So yeah. Okay. Well then I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tighten up what I'm going to say here. We were running ads for $50,000 a day against dating sites on uh, cheater sites on Viagra on all that kind of stuff because we had a whitelisted account because one of the guys on our team and I won't name him, said, hey, we have a whitelisted account. Let's just run whatever we can until we get shut down. And I said, guys, don't do that. No, but it's so much profit. We're making $25,000 a day in profit. You know, spending 50 and making, making 25 in profit on top of that. I said, no. And back then, Facebook only had a couple simple rules. And most of the ads back then, if you remember, were on dating sites. So we were, uh, back, back then the rule was you could only run dating ads to people that had specified what their preference was and you know, their male seeking female or you know, their gender. But we, we were running ads against people who were married, which is a no, no mm. and running ads where they didn't say what their marital status was because you could only be single. If you guys remember, which was only maybe 50% of the population. So the other 50% was not allowed to be targeted by anyone else. And because we, we're running ads against a target no one else was allowed to target. The competition was lower and our average CPM was maybe 20 cents to 25 cents. Super mm -hmm. low, right? Of course, today's average CPMs are eight to $10 and all that. But back then you can remember what it was. And I told our, guy, our guys, I said, hey, there, there's no way we're gonna be able to continue this. We're gonna get banned. And sure enough, two months later, we got banned. We made a couple million dollars. And the other guys on the team, they ended up actually breaking off from our company because they, long story short, they basically just took all the money that we, that we made on it, right? Hmm. And I wasn't watching carefully. And of course, Facebook got mad at us and therefore no one could ever have a whitelisted account in the history of Facebook after we had the very first one. So we blew it for everyone else. You, blew, you, blew, it for, you blew it for all of us, Dennis. 
Yeah. And Zuckerberg got mad at me and I had lunch with Zuckerberg and we talked about this. And he said, the amount of effort that we're putting into enforcement on the system and creating rules to protect against people like you really makes me sad because that back then they had, I think eight engineers on the Facebook ads team. And he said that that those were eight engineers that we could have been using towards building better features and building optimization and building a smarter system. But instead we're having to use these efforts to police and create rules against perpetrators like you. Right. And I thought, yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't want to do that, but a couple guys on our team got greedy and they spun up all these different accounts that ran ads that clearly pissed off users and gave them a bad experience, which then caused thousands of phone calls per day to come into Facebook's call center. And if you can imagine, he told me there are thousands of calls that were coming in for every call that they got, there were probably a hundred calls that they didn't get because Facebook buries the phone number. It's very hard to find a phone number to contact Facebook. Right. And every time there was a situation like what we did, Facebook would add more rules. Right. And you, you guys have probably heard for every sign, there's a story, right? Every time, every time something happens, they got to create another rule around it. And now that's why you have this Byzantine, you know, add terms of service. But actually, if you go read the terms, it's in plain English, it is easy to understand. And it's something that you should review every month, if not more often. Now, let me tell you why whitelisting is important here. When people start up new ad accounts, most ad accounts are being started up by people that don't know any better, like small businesses and spammers. You can buy a seasoned Facebook account tied to a credit card that's not been used before for about $50 on the black market. That means the spammers out there are setting up a new ad account. Maybe they're using phishing techniques to be able to get accounts. That's something that happens all the time. And they run as many ads as they can. Of course, the limit is going to be low. So there's a progression. Facebook's put in place this rule to not allow spammers to get very far when they spin up new ad accounts. And I want to explain how this process works so you don't get inadvertently hammered if you do the same things. So remember, look at it from Facebook's point of view. There are tons of ad accounts being spun up. Some of them you know are nefarious and these people are creating new profiles. They're doing it on new computers. They're using new credit cards. They're making sure it's from another IP address. They're making sure it's from a new business manager that's not tied to another account, right? They're trying to do everything to make it look like it's not tied to any of the other accounts they've already gotten shut down. They're running to a slightly different landing page with a different URL. Maybe they go so far as to have it on another domain or like I said, on another computer. I saw somebody who's a pundit in our space saying, yeah, if you get banned, you need to buy a brand new laptop from Best Buy and set it and put a sticker on it so that it's for Josh Nelson only, or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, yes, if you're in the space and doing something that's going to get you in trouble, I suppose that what, that's what you do because you're trying to fool Facebook into thinking it's a different advertiser, right? The same has been true on search engines where if you get banned on Google, Google's smart enough to be able to progressively match and say, oh, well, that's Jay Berkowitz over here. That's Jay Berkowitz over here because we're matching on the the email address that's being used, the IP address, the MAC address, the um, 
things related to the browser, like the user agent, like they're trying to do all the, like the credit card, the address, right? They're trying to use all these different factors to say, is this the same person who was spamming before and just spun up a new account? So why is that valuable for us or how's that important? Well, if you have multiple people in your business manager and one of them does something bad, that could cascade and auto ban everyone else inside your business manager including all the accounts inside your business manager. So the bigger your agency gets, the more important it is to have tight policy so that your people aren't doing any nefarious things. And I know, I know Jay Berkowitz is not a spammer. I was just saying this, just, you know, I just like to use people's <laughs> names just for fun. Right. He quickly is like, no, nah, I'm not. That's not me, right? <laughs> so you're, as you are demonstrating that you are a good citizen and you are practicing good behavior, you are getting progressively whitelisted. What that means is that initially when you start, there's a lot of limits in terms of what you can spend. There's limits in how far your ads go. There's, there's limits in, they, they basically assume that anything you initially do is really, really suspect. And as you start to demonstrate good behavior, they would, well, they don't show you this number anymore, but they would show us a relevance score, right? You guys remember relevance score? Now it's broken out into three components. Let me explain why that's important. So they, they were in the same thing that Google did. Okay. So if you understand Google quality score, then Facebook relevance score is the same thing. So as, as your ads have high CTR and low negative feedback, you guys know there's four kinds of negative feedback, hide post, hide all posts, um, unlike page. And uh, what's the fourth one? Anyway, there's four, there's four things that you can, you can click on that require at least two clicks to when you don't like an ad, right? Report spam. That was the fourth one. If there's a high proportion of that, that will send not only that ad, but send your account into a queue for manual review. And now they're doing it automatically. The majority of the bands out there are occurring automatically and it's done on a point based system. So it's not that there's a certain number of disapprovals that are going to get you in trouble. It's not that, and the reason why is that, that any particular thing you do has a certain kind of weighting to it, right? So if, if you have 20 ads that are all disapproved because you use split testing or you just decided they're using some automation tool, like even if you're a white hat, you're using like a Marin or a Kenshu and you spin up lots of ads, that will hurt you a little bit, but not as bad as a lot of negative feedback running at higher volume, right? So as you, as you demonstrate better behavior, they will loosen up how much scrutiny the algorithm has on you. If you have an ad account that isn't spending as much, that hasn't been around as long, then you're more likely to get penalized. Doesn't it seem crazy that it's, it's th that the system is skewed towards the bigger guys. So if you run a big brand agency and you have some big brands and you, and I've seen it, you know, like BMW has run some ads that clearly are against the ads TOS, they're more likely to not get banned. And they also are able to talk to their account rep or the partner level manager to be able to get things fixed. They can even get their ads whitelisted too, which means they won't go through certain ads you can submit and they won't go through the ad disapproved. They, they can't get disapproved because some rep internally has flagged that ad as saying, okay, it's okay. So in the really big accounts, and some of you guys might run some big accounts, you know that you can submit ads to your rep in advance to get their feedback on it and they can put a note in the account so the systems 
going to bypass. Isn't that cool? Have you guys, do you guys know about that? Do we have some people here who are big enough that you know what that is? Probably have a couple people here. Pop it in the chat guys. If you're, if you're familiar and if you're, you're tapping into that. So if you're a small guy and you don't have a real Facebook rep, and I don't mean a Facebook marketing expert. Okay. You guys know that you get those auto emails like, Oh, I'm a Facebook marketing expert. I would love to sit down and, you know, I have no experience running ads and I want to you know, try to get you to spend more money and I have, a, I have a checklist of all the things I'm trying to get you to use, which is basically using all the different products. And my bonus is based on getting you to use all the products that the, the, the global sales team, um, the, the global marketing or, or, or yeah, GSO global sales organization. That's their, they have 6,000 salespeople now wants to get you to do. Oh, by the way, I have the training that new Facebook ad reps get. If you guys are interested in that, I'm happy to share that. That's a whole nother thing. You want to know how Facebook trains up their people? One of my friends just sent me all his training materials. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of yeses flying in that they definitely do want that. <laughs> so we should, we should do a blog post together on that or do another webinar on that one. I have yeah, lots absolutely. of stories to tell you. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna hey guys, I just, wanna I, I, I just wanna check in with everybody. Who, who could be better to kind of share this with you guys than Dennis, right? He was one of the first advertisers. He was the first whitelisted. Sounds like he personally has met lunch with, uh, with Zuckerberg. Uh, I think we're in good hands with like how to properly understand how this works and how to protect ourselves. Give me a, a yes or agreed if that's the sense you're getting at this moment in time as well. Yeah, heck yes, no doubt, 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Love the stories, Dennis. Thanks for sharing. And if you're tuning in now and you didn't catch what I was saying before, we are covering Facebook from the standpoint of if you're Facebook trying to spot the people who are bad. We will cover some of the rules a little bit later, but you can see the post that Molly Pittman, who works for Ezra now, has written on Smart Marketer. You can see the post that I wrote on what do you do if you get banned on how to avoid being banned detailed post. And there's a lot of people that have written articles on this topic because it's a, it's a topic of great pain, especially the last few months. A lot of people are getting banned. I don't want to cover lots and lots of detail about that. If you guys do want to cover it, we can, but I want to cover it from the strategy standpoint to talk about the, the pieces that other people don't understand. Just like with SEO, instead of teaching SEO techniques and talking about the latest tools and the changes to the algorithm, I want to talk about the strategy of what the search engine sees because I worked at the search engine 20 years ago. My job was to find people or because the, these all basically we assume everyone's a criminal. Everyone's trying to trick us. So we had to put in place rules to identify when people are tricking us. And that's what Facebook's trying to do. Put in place rules to find when people are trying to trick them. And because there's so many spammers out there, unfortunately, if you do something that looks like what a spammer would do, they're going to label you as a spammer and it's going to be very hard to get out of Facebook jail when you get into Facebook jail. And anyone here, you guys can attest to that, right? If you get banned, well, now because of the ability to, to do an appeal, you know, maybe 50% of the time you can get out. I think Molly says she's able to get folks out 70% of the time, maybe because her audience is more white hat. I don't know. Let's see, what does Dean say? Please cover what do you do when you're hacked? Everyone of mine on Facebook's been hacked. Okay, so we'll talk about what happens when you're hacked and how you're hacked and phishing Josh, was lunch as awkward as the government hearings? Yeah, it was, it was pretty awkward. <laughs> but I said, I said to Zuck, look, I know for accounts like ours that you have to personally shut them down. Like you have to personally give people approval. Now, this is way back in the day. This is, this is before 
they became this gigantic, gigantic company and people didn't really know who Zuckerberg was. So I knew that they didn't, they only had a few people. They had, they had one girl who was the ad account. She was the Facebook, she was Facebook ad sales, this one girl. It wasn't Molly, what's her name? I can't remember her name now. I met with her many times. I, I would go there and meet with her unnecessarily just because I wanted to have lunch in Palo Alto. This is way before they moved to the Menlo Park headquarters. They had 13 buildings in Palo Alto, if you guys remember, right? They had that, the main one that was the old, was the old HP headquarters. It was not headquarters, but it was on, uh, it wasn't Sand Hill Road. Page Mill at the very end of, uh, well, anyway, whatever. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm forgetting all that kind of stuff. Okay. So let me go back to where I was. So as you start to behave better, as you start to spend more, as you get higher relevance scores, as you get less negative feedback, Facebook does a progressive whitelist, meaning that they gradually open up your ability to spend more. Your ads get approved faster. They're less likely to go into the queue for, the, you know, the, the bot is less likely to disapprove you and you're less likely to have manual review as well, right? So there's certain things you need to do, like have high engagement, don't run conversion against cold audiences if it's a new ad account. Don't have lots of people in your business manager that you're not really sure that are not well trained. Don't take on clients that do anything sketch because if their thing gets shut down, it could cascade into shutting everything you have down. First you as a user, then everything in that account gets shut down. Then all the accounts get shut down, including all the users that you have get shut down. You guys know that Facebook's very clear about these rules where you have one account, one ad account per page. Did you know that? One account per client, and sometimes the client has multiple pages, you need to have multiple ad accounts. Not because you're trying to spam Facebook, but because they're isolating the, the, the uh, relevant score weightings against that ad account and the content that's being run also tied to the account. So if, if a spammer is running against a particular page, you know, buyviagra.com, and it doesn't have to be Viagra, it can be like whatever, right? And there's one ad account that's running a certain kind of copy to that, that, that calculates a relevance score. Even, and if you run that same copy to that landing page from a different account, it's gonna inherit the relevance score, not because it's tied to the ad account, but because it's that content. It's those ads that are tied to that landing page. If you look at how relevance and quality score is captured, it's the intersection of content and targeting, right? So they're, it, that's how they can assign a relevance score on ads that are from a brand new ad account because they're able to look at the history of anyone who's used that copy or copy that's similar against that audience to that particular landing page. So landing pages and domains, which are just combinations of landing pages, do accrue a quality score, a relevance score. Does that make sense? So you must choose Absolutely. the right clients. You choose the wrong client, you will get hammered and it will cascade. This has happened to us too recently, where we had one of our VAs, we have a lot of VAs, okay? One of our VAs fell for a phishing scam. And it was some, and it's like something where you click on this and we'll give you $50 or Bill Gates will give you $100 if you do this one thing or give us access to your ads account and all we want to do is be able to run ads from it and you know we'll pay you $100 per day. Like you guys have seen different variations of this. There's other ones where they send you an email and says, warning, 
Facebook needs to verify your account because you know, there's been unauthorized activity. So it actually looks like a legitimate message from Facebook, right? Because Facebook sends out those kinds of messages. So I click here to re-enter your password to make sure that you know, we could val validate that it's you. And they click on it. Of course, you know, it looks like it's Facebook. And then the URL says facebook.com, blah, blah, blah. But that's a subdomain. Because you can do Facebook, blah, 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 dot com, dot slash, whatever it is. Uh, here, I'll, I'll tell you a trick that we, we used a long time ago, which is kind of tricky, but I don't think it works anymore. So you remember when, when the, where before modern day browsers, when you looked up in the URL bar, that was separate from search. And so you'd go, if you saw the, the URL, like name a, name a brand, Josh, that you think is reputable. BMW. BMW. Okay. So if you're searching for BMW parts or buying a new BMW and you click on an ad and it goes to BMW.com, then you might think like, wow, that's pretty legit, right? Cause it's on BMW. It's safe, right? You feel, you feel like you're safe in that moment. But what if the URL was BMW.com dash BMW.com? What's the, what's the root URL? BMW.com dash bmw.com. I want you guys to type in the chat what the URL, what the domain is and what's the subdomain. Think about this just for a minute because I want you to think from the standpoint of a spammer and from Facebook to understand what they're looking for. It's the, yeah, the whole yeah. string, right? It is correct. It's com-bmw.com. And so bmw is a subdomain, right? bmw is a subdomain dot com-bmw.com, but then what, what does the user think it is? They just the feel like it's, it's part of that main site, yeah. Yeah, because they, they think, now you and I know that, we all know that because we do this professionally, but remember Facebook is doing this thing on behalf of, I think there's 7 million advertisers now, and however many, 1.3 billion, 1.4 billion users. And I remember working with Jan Fugner, who at that time was in, in charge of Facebook local, right? So they are trying to do all these local things. Of course, Josh and I, we care very much about local and we built a number of templates. So we built templates for landing pages for Facebook ads, for realtors, for chiropractors, for all these other areas. And I said, hey, you know, we've already got a whole bunch of ads. So if you're a chiropractor, you don't have to make all your new ads. In fact, here's the ads and here's the landing pages. Why don't we just go ahead and build that into the ads tool, right? Certainly makes a lot of sense. And he said, yep, these are great ads. Wow, you've done this for lots of companies. This is fantastic. We would love to do it. But we have lots and lots of advertisers and we've learned that it isn't super, super simple as in one click button simple. Then we just can't have it in the platform because people get confused. <laughs> and Larry Kim, who sold WordStream and built the biggest PPC agency on the planet with 2% of Google's ad spend and 1% of Facebook's ad spend said the same thing. We were releasing features for PPC management in our tool. And he said, Dennis, I would never include that. And I'd never include that feature in WordStream because our user base is so unsophisticated that, you know, if we confuse, and he said, we were at dinner one time. He said, if, if it's more than 5% of our user base that gets confused by that feature, then we don't want to have that. Right. So think about Facebook releasing features on how to build ads. They, they can't build anything that would not work for a general population. Now, all of us here, we're pros. But think from Facebook standpoint, they have to release something that grandma, who just built a Facebook page and now is able to boost the post, will be able to understand. And it's simple enough, yet 
there's enough options in there that the pro people like all of us can still succeed. So they have so many people that are getting banned because they don't know the TOS. Like how many of you guys have seen your ads get, get disapproved because you had the word you? Like do you suffer from headaches? You can't say that because you're pointing something out or you're promoting a product that's not allowed or you are, but you think it is because somehow it's a, it's a guide on a product that's not allowed. So it's a guide to how to make money on gambling or CBD or medical marijuana or like whatever, like just don't do or some, or it's, you know, five ways to, to, you know, find the right website that sells vapes, you know, like just, just don't do, don't do anything like that. Could that could just, that's like tie, like right on the line. I have a ton of CBD companies that reach out to me saying, Oh no, we're like, we read the TOS and we're completely in compliance. And I look at that and I'm like, you're trying to, you know, yeah, your landing page is compliant. Yes. Your ads are compliant, but did you know that Facebook will look at your domain and crawl the other pages on your domain? And if there's any kind of claim or something that's non-compliant, even though you're not running ads to that page, they will shut you down for that. Do any of you guys have medical clients? or have anything to do with weight loss or cosmetic, right? The beauty guys, right? Dentists. And yes, is coming in some, some medical a, spas, some doctors some dentists. And there's a before and after. Now you guys know in the ad TOS, you cannot have before and afters, right? In fact, Facebook's AI is spotting that automatically in the ads and will kick it out for disapproval. But some of you are running to a landing page that then if you click through to other pages on that site have before and after pictures. So there's, there's one guy who wanted, he was spending a couple thousand bucks a day and he's doing pretty well. And I won't name him. He's a well-known fitness personality. And this is how you can overcome injury and be able to get fit again. And then you see a picture of him where, you know, he was fat. And then here's a picture of him where he's like super fit and you know, like muscle magazine kind of stuff. And I said, that's what gets you in trouble because you have your whole motivational speaker thing going on. Like, you know, back then I was depressed and fat and didn't know what to do. And now, you know, I'm very sexy and lean and I look so good and I'm smiling and people, you can do that from stage, but if you try to do that on a website and you're running Facebook ads to it, you're going to get in trouble and Facebook won't tell you why you guys know that, right? For, for ad disapproval, they won't tell you why when you get banned, they won't tell you why. I get this all the time from existing clients and then people that are not clients saying, yeah, Facebook disapproved and I appealed and they won't tell me why. They don't have to tell you why. You, they don't owe it to you to tell you why. You need to know what the rules are because they're not gonna sit down, get with you on the phone and explain. I know I'm sounding kind of harsh, but I'm just telling you these are the facts, okay? Google is a lot better. Google believes in account management. They believe in hiring lots of people. They have a huge office in New York, which is their commitment to working with agencies. Facebook doesn't believe, now they, Facebook does have a, have a New York office and it is nice, but it's more for the bigger clients, right? I've been to Facebook's New York offices multiple times. I've written on the wall. I've eaten their food. It's not as good as Menlo Park, but you know, or um, it, you know, it's good. But <clears throat> like I told you before, Facebook is, they have made it clear that they're, they believe that automation, so this is driven by Mark. They believe that automation is going to be the key forward because the more ads people are making, the more accounts there are, they can't arithmetically scale to have more people. Now, you might say, well, Google's smarter and they care more about their advertiser and all that, and that might be true, but let me tell you, if you're Facebook, yeah, branded, Google supports 10 times better than Facebook, which is weird to say. And you could say, well, you know, Google's been around a lot longer 
and they make a lot more money than Facebook, which is true. But there's one key distinction that I don't see other people saying, and that is think about what happens with Google ads. You know, us as agencies, a lot of it's set it and forget it. And most of it's text, which is easy to be able to understand what's going on. People aren't making many video based ads. I mean, yes, you can, you know, do GDN and you can run inside YouTube, right? Run ads there. But Facebook ads are a lot of them are video and the number of ads that people are making on Facebook, they're treating Facebook and that includes most of you guys. They're treating Facebook as a, or as a publisher place, right? You're people are making like how many ads when people are making ads for Google, they make ads in the beginning and then it's already working because it's search driven. That's still most of Google's revenue. Mm. Facebook doesn't have search. Facebook, you're interrupting people. So on Facebook, you know who the person is, you know where they are, you know what they like, but you don't know when they want to buy. You don't have the demand intent because Google, you have the demand intent, but you don't know who they are, right? That's how you use search and social together. So the nature of search is that because you have the demand intent and you know when they want to buy it, then you only need to make a few ads. So someone, whenever someone types in, you know, plumbing HVAC company or broken toilet, emergency plumber, whatever it is, right? You can have an ad that's right there and you don't need a lot of ads and there's no issue of ad fatigue or whatever because it's demand driven. The user, you had, had to initiate the search. But on Facebook, because you don't have direct demand intent and arguably you could say remarketing is demand intent because someone went to the webpage and they banned it. So for 24 hours, you know, you bombard them with ads. But because Facebook doesn't have demand intent, there's no clear way to easily assess the combination, the intersection of content and targeting. Thus, the calculation of, of quality score on Google is easy because you know what that person's looking for and you see, and because they initiated that search and they come to the landing page or it goes through call tracking through Google Voice or whatnot, Google can clearly see what's going on and award a score. Facebook can't do that because you're targeting based on what they like or based on, or for your clients, you're running like for a chiropractor, you're targeting everyone in the area and talking about back pain or coming for a $27 spinal exam or whatnot. They don't, they don't know the clear intent. So it's hard to figure out a quality score. Plus people are cranking up more ads. I forgot the number Facebook told me how many ads were being created per day, but it was something ridiculous, like 7 million ads per day or something. Can you imagine like how many people like mechanically, how many people would you have to have on your ad ops team if they were to manually review every single ad? So they have people that are, that are contractors that don't work for Facebook, but they work for some company like an Accenture that Facebook subcontracts out to and Facebook then pays these people like 12 bucks, 15 bucks an hour. And the number of ads that they have to process is something insane. I think they have like three seconds per ad. So it you know, flashes up onto the screen and you'll see there's articles like on 20 minutes or whatever, where they go behind the scenes into the teams that are looking for things that are reported because it's spam or people are getting killed or it's, you know, people are writing or racial things like these people, they have the thing, you know, pops up onto the screen. They have like three seconds to make a decision. Like, is this spammy? Is this bad? Is it whatever? And because they, and they have thousands of people that are doing that, but the machine is trying to handle everything before it even gets into the queue for manual review. Right? So don't do anything that's going to get you in trouble to even get to that point. Because by the time it gets to that human for review, you're counting on whether in that three seconds, they're going to be able to make a split decision like um, mark a spam, right? Or just approve, right? That's just way too risky. Never let it get to that point. You will get, you will just by law of large numbers, get there. And if you make lots and lots of ads, 
you prob and, and it's a new account and you have negative feedback, you're going to get banned. Like there's just, even if you did nothing wrong, you're just going to get banned because that's just too many shots in Russian roulette. Right? So one of the things that I used to do, and sometimes I still do, and if any of you guys have done this, let me know. So when we name our accounts and ad sets and ads and things like this, of course, you, you have a naming convention, right? So you know what, what client it's for and what the, you know, what the creative is and all, you know, all, all the standard naming convention things, UTM parameters, all that. But we, would, we found that we could name, name the thing like we love Facebook ad reps and put that inside the name of the ad set or the ad, right? And we found that it actually worked because if it came to a human review and they would see, or some of our guys got clever and the name of the campaign would be, we rely on Facebook ads to be able to pay rent for our kids. Or, you know, we, we, you know, we have five kids, please don't disapprove our ads. Like that was the name of the campaign, right? <laughs> like why would we do something like, why would our people do something like that when we're building ad accounts? What do you guys think? And try and be in their good graces, right? Yeah. Cause you know that the robot is handling most of it, but if it kicks out to a human, then a human in three seconds has to try to make a decision. Right. And there's, there's too much information there for them to try to evaluate what's going on. So by doing things that are nice and same thing, by the way, for ad disapprovals and for you, when you do an appeal, right? Cause you know that when you get, when you get banned, there's the thing will say, Oh, uh, would you, you can submit a repeat uh, an appeal. And what do most people do when, when they click on the appeal button, they wait this long ass thing saying, I've never done anything wrong and you guys have been unfair to me and I spend a lot of money. I'm really important on Facebook. Can you, you know how many people will come to me saying, hey, I'm a really big deal. I spend $5,000 a month on Facebook. You know, that's, <laughs> if they're smart, they would really care for them. $5,000 a month on Facebook. Okay, do you, I'm, I'm sorry, like maybe back in 2012, someone would have listened to you but no one's crying any tears. And even guys that are spending, like um, Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins, their team came to me a couple months ago because they got banned, right? And they're like, yeah, we spent two, two point, it was like $2.3 million last month on our launch. You know, we had Russell Brunson and all this involved. And I said, I'm sorry, $2 million is not enough. No, but we're, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, this is for Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins and like, these people who are working, you know, processing ads, processing ads, they don't know who Tony Robbins is. All they're doing is just, they have three seconds to just apply the ad criteria. Is this good or is it not good? Is it good or is it not? You're just constantly pressing red or green, red or green, right? Can you imagine? So, so all the stuff where you put in like, yeah, but look at how important I am and look at how many accounts I have and I'm friends with so-and-so and we're spending a lot of money or we could be spending a lot of money, you know? Us as, as an agency, we have these other guys and we're growing as our agency and next month, you know, or next year, we might even become a big agency. It doesn't do any good. So any kind of attacking, any kind of meanness, any kind of promising, any kind of, well, I'm gonna write to the Better Business Bureau about how you guys are and tell everyone about, you know what, join the line of all the people that are mad at United Airlines for breaking guitars or mad at Verizon or, or T-Mobile or Comcast for like being rude to you. like. They don't, they really don't care about stuff like that. So when you do your appeal, make sure that you are courteous. And before you do your appeal, look again at the ad TOS to see what is okay and not okay. Josh and I can drop a link to that. Just be, be sure you're not a dumb dumb because if you get, and mostly, and seriously, when I see people submit 
the appeal and I go in and I look at their ads, you can clearly see like they're violating POS. Yeah, they're making ridiculous claims that are unsubstantiated. They're using before and after photos. They're making income claims or whatnot that's somewhere on the website but not on the landing page. They've had enough ads that are disapproved and some, sometimes the, the engine will tell you when the ad, I'm not talking about the account being banned. When the ads are disapproved, it'll show what the reason is and they're just ignoring it because they said, I get this all the time, so make sure that you're not guilty of this. They'll say like, yeah, well, I just resubmitted the ad and it was okay. Well, yeah, it just, it, just because the ad came through initially and wasn't banned and you're able to run traffic on it doesn't mean that that ad is okay. No, but I was, I've been running that ad for the last month and it's going great. So, you know, how can they possibly disapprove it now? Because of progressive whitelisting, right? Because that ad that, is, that came through, maybe you have done a good job for that particular client or you have a group of clients and they just auto approved it and get, you know, let you spend $5 a day and $10 a day and so forth. That's why we use the dollar a day technique, by the way. That's why we do awareness consideration conversion is that we wanna build up a good trust score, a good quality and relevance ranking, right? We want high engagement. We want low negative feedback so that we get further along in the whitelisting on a new account. And it's not just because remarketing against a warm audience, you know, selling to a warm audience is better than a cold audience. It's true. Your CPMs are better because your relevance score is better. Like all that, like mechanically, that's good. And that like, that's just good marketing, right? The, the different stages of the funnel, that's psychologically how people buy. But the other reason is it sets us up for less ad level disapproval, which leads to less account level banning. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, so there's a reason. Yeah, go ahead. Practically, practically speaking, well, like phase number one, if you're running ads or if you're going to run ads, the very first thing you should do is read those terms of service, understand like what's okay and what's not okay. Because like he said, like 10 times, they're not going to tell you why your ad was disapproved. They're not going to tell you why your account got banned. You have to read those rules, understand them and make sure that you're in compliance. Right. And I think that's yeah. the most basic thing that, yeah. You know, don't be lazy, spend 20 minutes and read it, understand it. Maybe like, right, Dennis, would you say that's kind of the right. first, first step? Absolutely. That, and that'll take care of 80% of the issues that we see out there. The other 20% is going to be things related to your setup on how you set up your business manager and how you authenticate and the training that you have people go through, making sure you have two factor in your email, your company email, making two factor on accessing Facebook, making sure all of the people that are working on your accounts go through proper training and also read the TOS, because if any one person on the client side or on your team does something bad, that could wipe out everything that you have. The bigger your agency is, right? Make sure your processes are in place on which clients you're willing to accept. If they're not an active client, kick them out of your business manager. Like these are all process things you need to have. Multiple, have more than one admin on any particular account, whether it's the page or the ad account, your business manager, you know, have multiple admins, but not 50 admins, because then they'll make you, know, just, like these are all set up things and how you set, we should do another training on how you set a business manager. Because if you set a business manager right, that'll take care, it's easier to solve problems here before they happen. And the way you set up your business manager, then later where you're in trouble and you've submitted multiple appeals and now you've created a new ad account, but then because Facebook can associate Josh Nelson here with Josh Nelson here, they're like, oh, this is a spammer. They got disproved and they're trying to make more ad accounts or trying to use a different credit card. And you're a good person. You're not a spammer, but you're doing the things that a spammer is doing when they're just spinning up more ad accounts, right? Oh, I'll use yeah. another computer or like, they're going to catch you. Okay. 
Like if you think, oh, no, no, I'm going to do it for my buddy's house. I'm going to set up a, com a computer that I've never used Facebook ads on. I'm going to put it under his name and a different credit card. And like, they're going to catch you. So just try to do it the right way. Like these people, that, like just like when I was doing this at Yahoo and my job was the police people that were trying to trick us on SEO, they thought they were so smart. Like, oh, Dennis, we're doing triangular linking and there's no way you can catch us because we're running through a link laundering layer that is private and no one else can like, believe me, our team sees right through that. You're like a fat person hiding behind a, a piece of dental floss. Like, I see you, okay? <laughs> and Facebook, their, their team, they can see it. Don't, please, please, please don't try to pretend you're smarter than Facebook. They will catch you. I promise you, I've met with a lot of their engineers, they will catch you. So at this point, I want to change gears and ask you, what do you think about this, what we're talking about here, which is a strategy if you're Facebook and you're trying to minimize costs and you have people that are making lots and lots of ads because that's the nature of Facebook and you want to put in place automation and you're looking for simple rules that will catch people that are doing ridiculous things. You're doing your best to try to put some humanly readable, easy to understand ad TOS you're putting training out there on how to use business manager. You have Facebook blueprint, which arguably it wasn't as good as the training they had before, but does that make sense on the strategy? Like looking at it from Facebook point of view on how progressive whitelisting works and how you can have enough points until eventually they suspend your driver's license basically. Right. It, like, what 100%. do you guys think about that? Cause, cause that's what I want you to understand first. So you're not constantly off balance and you know worried about changes that Facebook's making and then you're just never going to get there if you're worried about these changes and then, oh but I heard that Molly Pittman said this and Dan Henry said this and Josh Nelson and Dennis you said this like I want you to understand this core piece this will solve most of your problems and then I want to talk about two things one is what exactly do you do step by step now before you get in trouble and then two is what do you do once your ad account gets shut down okay I want to cover those two parts but before we do any questions on the strategy here? I see a lot of, a lot of, uh, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Any questions or are we ready to dive into the, the, the tactical aspect of this stuff? If you're excited to hear him unpack this, say, let's do it or something like that. All right. And, and by the way, everybody wants to see a training on how to set up a business manager correctly, but yeah, they're ready yeah. to dive into those two key things. This is, this is great, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you for going back to the fundamentals, right? It's not just do these kind of things. Like think smart. This is what Facebook's trying to do. Like understand the way that they're processing this. So thanks for leading with that. Yeah. Thank you guys. And understand it's the fundamentals. So I do technically have some connections inside Facebook that once in a blue moon, I will cash in some chips because we just really need some help. But any advantage, any perceived advantage you think I have because I know some people at Facebook is rapidly disappearing because we are all slaves to the robot, right? The bot is judging us, so we have to abide by the rules. It used to be I could pull strings. It's not that way anymore. So I don't talk about this topic very often because I don't want people hitting me up on, hey, my ad account got banned. Can you, con can you contact can you Facebook on my behalf, right? So I don't talk about that because anytime I've talked about it, I get hundreds of requests from people saying, oh, my, you know, I run this agency or my friend has this ad account or they lost control of their page. They got hacked. Can you, you know, contact Facebook or, and some really bad ones too, where one of my friends who was his, uh, his son, well, he's a general authorities, which is a big position in the Mormon church. And his son had, his account that was hacked and someone then posted all these like 
put his face on like nude pictures of other guys and like things like that. And it was just bad. And, and he contacted me in the middle of the night and said, Dennis, can you help me? Cause this is just really bad. And you know, he's a general authority and I'm like, yeah, hang tight. I'll get it taken care of next morning. It was fine. Right. And in, in that case, fine. Right. Plus the LDS business college was a client of ours. We were building their learning management system. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that too. Okay. They also were, so they were a client too. So it wasn't just like, it was a friend. It was like, they, I could go to Facebook and say, Hey, I have this particular issue. I have a business case because it is a client and here's what happened. If you could just take care of this one thing, I know it's not directly related to the ad accounts and all that, but I could use some help here, please. Right. And they'll, they'll honor that, but very, very rarely. So I don't talk about this topic because too many people, I don't want to be seen as an expert in what happens when your ad account gets banned. I know the answer, but I just don't, you know, go to Molly. That's why I keep sending them to Molly Pittman. I'm like, Molly wrote this great article. She goes through the step-by-step -step piece, right? So if you didn't get the message loud and clear, do not personal message <laughs> or email Dennis expecting him to do anything directly with Facebook on your behalf. He's sharing yeah. this general, generously with us, but he can't personally deal with everybody's hacked account or everybody's personal issues with their Facebook ads account, so. And it doesn't mean I don't want to help. Yeah. I want to jump in this and ask you a quick question. What is your approach or strategy on staff member profile accounts? Do they use their existing personal profiles and then attach them to our business manager? Or do we create new ones with our company domain name using their email address? That is a 50-50 question. It can go either way. I see a lot of people going both ways on that. I'm a pro I believe in the core of what Facebook is, which is one profile per person, right? And Facebook has, and there's different things you'll see in how they built their system that ties around the idea of one unique profile for one unique person. And Zuckerberg has said this as well, and I believe that's carried through in the engineering. But the risk of that is if any of that person, if that person on their profile does anything that gets that user level account in trouble, it could cascade. So that goes back to your hiring procedures. You'll see some agencies that do e-com or do MLM or things that are in kind of that category that you don't, by the way, you don't want to be in that category, but if you do, then my hat's off to you. And they'll create separate company profiles and you log in through that, but then you need a different computer and you need to, then you're not going to be as effective because then you have multiple things you have to log into. And yes, Facebook does have some new tools that allows you to switch between, you know, the, the switcher profiles and things like that. But I'm a fan of let's just honor their principles. I believe in what Facebook said. I believe in Zuckerberg and what he's, I, I believe what he said about building community and all that. And we just need to abide by the rules if we want to play in their system. It's not what we think. Let's understand that. That's why like Twitter is such a haven for spam because anyone can create 50 different Twitter profiles, right? Facebook allows you to have one profile. And if they catch you with two of them, they might shut you down. And that's actually a black hat thing to do, which is to have two of them. You might be like, oh no, but you know, there's my personal thing here. And you know, I, my, my personal and my, my business is separate. So I created another profile and Dan Henry says that you should like, well, that's not actually within the TOS. And the reason why they set up business manager was to allow user level access to people that was independent of accessing like who your friends are and pictures of your kids, right? Business manager allows for the invite of someone who has an email address and even if they're not on the Facebook platform, but if you're an agency, you need to understand and live and breathe your client and live and breathe how Facebook works and look at the, the, the stuff through business manager and look at, you know, the, through the, the viewpoint of being a consumer. So, 
I believe that you should have one profile, even though it does open you up to more, but there's risk on either side. So there's no one clear answer, but if you're doing things the right way, if you believe in telling the stories of your clients, if you're not trying to sell something that's in a gray area, use your actual profiles. Yeah. Yeah, good. Hey, uh, thanks though for answering that. I think the reason that uh, most of our staff didn't want to was because of notifications then piling into hundreds of notifications a day. So yeah. I think there's probably notification options. So I think, I think you're right, the one profile per person. Yeah, and I wanna focus today on what to do so that you don't get banned and what happens if you're banned. There's a lot of awesome other topics that we could talk about on Facebook and I wanna save those for another webinar with Josh. I get the sense we're gonna be producing a lot more content together based on the feedback that we have here and we have, a, we have good people here and I wanna help you guys and just, I'm not a god or anything like that. I just wanna share experiences because I've made so many mistakes. I'd hate for you to make the same mistake, especially like Josh said, because there's just fundamentals that you need to have. So number one, number one is let's set up our business manager properly. I won't go into the details of what that means, but basically verify all of your accounts as you can. I don't mean blue check verify, like business manager verify, make sure your people are well-trained. In other words, they go through actual training, they have a quiz. So set up different blueprint quizzes that they have to be able to pass and earn those badges. Make sure everybody, including you, reads that Facebook terms of service. Make sure that for any ad account, you have at least two admins. Make sure for any page, you have at least two admins. Do not run out of a personal ad account. Make sure everything is tied inside your business manager. Make sure the client has a business manager and from their business manager, they give you access to their business manager. Make sure that you have ads that are set up properly in three stages of the funnel on awareness, consideration, conversion. Some people call it like hook story offer or story sales, you know, whatever. Like there's three stages of the funnel, okay? Awareness, consideration, conversion. We call it why, how, what. Do it that way and that way you're not going to be trying to sell against a cold audience. Selling on a cold audience will give you negative feedback even if you think it's clever. Even if that ad, like this is one I hear all the time from agencies. Oh, but that ad performs so well. Yes, but you're also generating negative feedback. If your ads get less than a 1% CTR, if your videos are not getting a through play of 15 plus percent, if you're not getting 25% of people, to, or I'm sorry, yeah, 15% on the through play, if your, your base CPM on any ad, no matter what objective you choose, if the base CPM is higher than say $10 or $20, you are, that ad is in trouble right? I see a lot of people running ads where that base CPM is up in the 30, 40, $50 range, right? Because you could look at, you, you know, when you're looking at your ads and it starts off with performance as the first drop down and then you have delivery, performance and clicks, like all these other ones there, go look at delivery to see what your base CPM is independent of what objective you've chosen. And if it's high, that, and even if it, on the three relevant score factors, they show, you know, not enough data or they say below average or whatever, which is not really helpful. If that CPM is high, I use that as a proxy for your relevant score is low and that's a check engine light, right? I know that you're going for leads and you're going for sales and there's, there's client business goals, but if that CPM is, you know, in the $30 plus range, that's a check engine light saying, and I'm not saying, by the way, if you have some ads that are high CPM, that doesn't mean you're about to get banned. So I don't want to scare people in that, but just that's something you need to look at, right? Because a high CPM is because of a low relevant score or low relevant scores because people are marking that ad as spam and you have low positive feedback. So you have high negative feedback relative to high positive feedback. 
It's the same thing that Facebook or same thing that Google does in quality score is what Facebook's doing in relevant score. Does that make sense? If you get that, you're going to have very few ads that get into the queue for manual review. You just don't want to have any ads that get into manual review, even if you think you're following the process. Okay. So you want, you want your ads to be so good that the users don't even think that it's an ad, even though it says like sponsored or what you don't want people to, to realize, Oh, this is an ad and, and you're interrupting people and all the things that people do to try to, you know, interrupt people as part of ads. You want it to be educational and inspiring and entertaining. Like that's why we do the one minute why videos and we have, the you know, lawn maintenance guy or the chiropractor or whoever, we have them tell their stories about what matters to them. Like, that's not gonna generate negative feedback. It's also going to generate a high relevance score for that ad that also will go all the way up to the account level. Did you know that you have an account level relevance score? You know, the same is true on, like you guys are nodding your heads. Facebook is the same, or, um, Google's the same thing. So what we do is on a new PPC account, so I'll just, I'll show you the parallel on Google is we would run against their brand name, you know, on, and whatever the name, and we'd run against the company name, whatever got a, re, a really high CTR and that would increase the quality score for that particular ad. And it would increase the quality score for the overall account. Cause it goes from the ad to the ad set, to the campaign, to the account level, that quality score rolls up on a weighted average. Facebook does the same thing. So we're constantly making sure, that we're doing things that are pleasing the user. We don't want negative feedback on our organic posts. We want to see the same thing. We don't want uh, negative feedback counts for a minus 100 in the algo rating. A likes worth one point, a, share, a comments worth six, a shares worth 13 points. Negative feedback's worth a minus 100, right? If, you're, if your organic posts are not getting much reach, it could be because you have a small page and you're not posting much or you're not posting video, but if you, if you have any negative feedbacks, like more than a couple negative feedbacks, which are the four kinds of negative feedback, it doesn't mean, it's not someone commenting saying, oh, you suck. There's four things that they can actually demark when they click X and report the ad and you know, the four things I told you. If you're getting more than a couple pieces of negative feedback relative to getting hundreds of likes and comments and shares, that's a sign that your content is not being liked by the users. The algorithm is going to notice it, even if it's on an organic basis, that that tells you something. Uh, the other thing that I like to do, but Facebook won't really tell you is that you want to, you want to boost posts. So uh, actually I'm going to plug in my computer here real quick. Hang on. Take your time. Hey, if you're getting value and this is like a lot deeper than you expected, give me a, a like or a yes or something in the comments here. here. Um, Dennis is like 10 levels deeper than you ever expect it's going to be right. All right, Dennis, if you're good, keep right. going. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to inoculate you guys to understand um, so that you, this, this content, like whether you're watching this in 2020 or 2023, it's still going to be valid because these are the core founding principles on what Facebook's about. And I've met with Zuckerberg and other people and I've talked about it, right? I helped build the initial ads for the Facebook ads platform, if you remember that, because my buddy, Brian Rosenthal is the one who built power editor, you remember? And he came to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm an engineer. I don't really run ads. But we, so I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but what should we put inside the system? And I said, well, you know how Google has the, the Google ad manager, we should do the same thing, right? As a tool inside Facebook. So we, we were lucky to be involved in the building of Facebook ads and the ads wow. that we ran way back then were the beginnings of what was the personalized ads that you see today. Right? So yeah. I'm everything. I'm, what I'm telling you is not just conjecture. I'm telling you this, I've talked to, Lots of people at Facebook, 
I'm telling you this is proven, it's true. So the stuff I'm telling you about, relevant score rolling up, where you have negative feedback, and therefore boosting posts. So you, you know when you, on, on the client's page, on the company page for their name of their business, and then the public figure page on Facebook, which is their name, but it's a page, not as a profile. Almost every agency gets this wrong. They don't know the difference between page and profile. They'll say, oh, Dennis, I saw what you did on your page today. That was my profile. There's, you have two business pages, right, for the client. You have whoever their leader is as Josh Nelson, but, at a, but as a business page, public figure, and their, their company, right? And the business page allows you for, uh, to have ads and analytics. So you're telling stories, you're having engagement. That's not going to get negative feedback. When you boost posts that have great stories on them, then you're, it's going to help you and it's gonna drive more leads. You can run remarketing against it or you, you don't even have to run remarketing, especially if you're doing just local. That will work, just, just literally taking content that was working okay and transferring it to a public figure page where it looks like a profile, but it's not. And you're boosting those posts, will generate more leads, generate more traffic. It won't necessarily drive traffic to the website, but it will drive more overall goodness. It'll drive more people in the search. And then you can see that that came from Facebook if your analytics is done properly, right, from a straight last click ROI standpoint, it won't look as good. You'll have people from Facebook that will tell you that you shouldn't boost posts, right? They'll say like, oh no, don't do that. That's only for small businesses. Well, why do you have that big blue boost post button? Why is it that the program you have that got shut down because of coronavirus temporarily to teach businesses city by city and having these conferences, why is that thing called Facebook boost? Because that's the way the algorithm works. The idea of paid behind Facebook, and this is, some, this is when I had a conversation with Zuckerberg, the idea behind advertising on Facebook, this is what he told me, was if we did a job that was so good, people would not realize that it's advertising. It would feel like a recommendation from a friend. It wouldn't be some kind of interruption. And if we realize that's the case and we want to entertain and educate while we sell at the same time, and we teach our clients how to do video, you know, the one minute video, dollar a day, and all that kind of thing, that will, you'll be way less likely to be banned. If you drive cold, cold audience straight to email collection or phone or straight to a website and they're leaving Facebook off of a cold audience, your base CPMs are high, you're more likely to get ad disapprovals, you're getting negative feedback. I'm not saying don't do that, but try to warm people up. It doesn't take much, you know, a $200 a month, $500 a month budget per client to warm people up. And then all these other ads you're running are going to perform better. You'll see what I'm saying. So the basic setup of, of running ads that warm people up in the three-stage funnel, having everything set up in business manager, everyone's reading the ad TOS, that should eliminate most problems before they ever happen, right? And I think you'll see people saying the same kind of thing. They may go into deeper kinds of precautions on weird things like try to use a different credit card or create this other fake profile. I just, I don't think that's a sustainable thing to do when you have lots of people, especially if you hire VAs to help you, that's just not gonna work. It needs to be simple, okay? So does that sound fair in terms of the, what you need to do to prevent being banned? Just like be a good citizen basically, right? Yep. Okay. Now let's talk about the part that, that, that people really wanna talk about. And because they come straight to this point, they get that, that horrible email from Facebook where they feel like they're a criminal. And it says, you know, your account is, has been banned and don't try to reply back because this decision's final, right? You know, the, the language is written really harsh. It's like, you, you'll never be able to get this back and it's too late, don't try again, right? And the same thing where, you know, you log into your business manager and there's that warning at the top saying, hey, your, your ad account's been disabled for policy violations. What policy violations? They don't tell you why. But if you want to appeal it, 
click on this blue link and you can appeal it and it opens up a form. And most people are like, okay, I'm gonna fill out that appeals form. And they put in all this other stuff, which the Facebook people won't read because it's way too long. Keep it short and sweet on what you're doing. Show that you are, you believe in the Facebook TOS, that, that you've done your research to try to figure out what's wrong and say, we really are, you know, we're, we're doing our very best to abide by the TOS and we can't figure out where we must have gotten in trouble. Well, most of the case you'll find out where you've gotten, you got in trouble when you read the TOS. Or maybe you got hacked, which is another weird exception we'll cover in just a minute. But if, you, if you're doing the things that are right from a preparatory standpoint, and maybe someone on your team submitted an ad that got a, leg, a lot of negative feedback, or maybe they went to a broken URL, that, that can also get you in trouble. Too much of that. Then you'll, in your appeal, about half the time, maybe more, it'll get your account back and it'll turn back on. And you're like, oh, I just dodged the bullet. The other part is maybe you've done nothing wrong, right? And it's just the, the people who are, you know, you, your ad got disapproved by the robot. And now when you do the appeal, it goes to manual review. And this is the first time a human seeing it. They're like, oh yeah, oh, it was fine. We're so sorry. Everything's back on again, right? Have you guys had that where you got turned off and then you submitted an appeal? Right? I, I know that happens all the time. That's totally cool if you didn't do anything wrong and you just, the robot was just not very smart. And what we've seen in the last five years, especially with the robot, is that when a Cambridge Analytica happens, they make the robot tighter. Like literally I've talked to the people on the policy team, which you're not supposed to be able to talk to, and they turn the thing tighter. So more and more ads get disapproved and more and more accounts get banned. Why? Because they'd rather just judge you guilty rather than like, here's the thing where like, I forgot what it was, but I want to say it was one of our clients and they were, I don't know, delivering meals or something at a local church or some, whatever it was. Right. And it wasn't anything about politics. Maybe it just mentioned that it was a, it was over at the church in the parking lot or something like that, but it wasn't political. It wasn't about religion. It wasn't about, you know, race or discrimination or anything like that. And just got banned over and over again. Right. Those ads or the, the ads got disapproved. So the, the robot is, is still learning and what they, they literally can turn the dial to disapprove ads that are just like, and it's kind of sort of like a trigger finger where it's just like, it'll just start disapproving ton, tons and tons of ads. So when, when those waves happen, don't get alarmed, just know, and you'll hear the chatter from everyone else saying, oh yeah, this is happening to us too. We got all our ads, you know, banned, you know, our account got shut down. And I know it's a terrible thing. And sometimes you might have to go back to a client and say, you know, we're stuck in Facebook jail right now and we're doing the best that we can. And, you know, we, we've submitted an appeal and it just might take a few days. And I know it's maddening because you expect them to reply back within a couple hours and sometimes they do, but usually it takes a few days. And we've had some of them where it's taken three or four weeks for them to get back. So just set the expectation with the client and with your team that it may take a while. The other thing is that if your appeal gets but by the way, if, if it was a robo rejection, which is typically what happens and you are kind and polite and you make sure your stuff looks good when you set that appeal, you'll get that account back a lot of the times. You can often appeal again. So don't just appeal again the next day, okay? If you didn't hear back, don't just submit another appeal. Wait four or five days. I know it sounds crazy because oh, we really need it and we need the leads and like the clients went like, I get it, but just wait. Because if you get declined on that second appeal, you're probably not getting it back. And then your only option is to set up a new account. That's brutal, right? Because all the things like you have to rebuild the custom audiences, you have to build up that history again. It's just like a new website or a new Google account. It's just a really bad situation. 
Now, some of you agencies will have access to chat support. You guys know what I'm talking about with chat, where you can chat with the Facebook rep? That when you can chat, yes, okay. Now, some of you won't have it. So if agencies, you know, maybe 10 or 15%, depending on how big you have it or how big you are, will have the ability to chat with Facebook. So when you can chat with Facebook, you can explain your case and then it goes into a ticketing system and these people reply back right away. They'll investigate, but those people don't have the power. What I want you to understand is that the, the policy people are separate from GSO, right? GSO is global sales organization. It's all the, all the account reps, all the way up through the partner managers and the people that run sales overall. For example, if you're an agency and you are spending enough money, then you have a rep that has a partner manager that's in the Chicago office, right? You know, agencies are handled in the Chicago office. You know that, right? They used to be in Austin. They used to have account reps that handled agencies by vertical in New York, like Ecom in New York, you know, in LA for media and entertainment and London and um, Dublin that handled most of Europe. There's a Singapore office for a lot of Asia. I've been to all these offices. I love eating their food. <clears throat> so if you're an agency and you're not in a particular vertical like automotive and CPG and whatever, then you're running up through a group that's in Chicago. And that will give you access to a real rep, not a Facebook marketing expert. Don't say, oh, Dennis, I have a rep. I talked to them. No, no. That is that person cannot help you. There's someone who just got out of school and they're there just to try to get you to spend more money. And they have an automated report that shows you which of the features and business objectives and how their accounts spend. And so they're trying to get you to increase your spend period over period. So they get a bonus. So they, you know, they, that they, they cannot teach you. They cannot help you when your ads get disapproved. They will not even address those questions. But if you're in that agency program and it goes up through Chicago, then that's another level of support where they will probably help you. But, Last I checked, there's maybe 50 agencies in that program. So if you're one of them here, I don't think anyone here is in that program. If you are, let me know. I highly, I highly doubt it. Okay. It used to be a spend requirement. So three years ago, it was maybe like a million or two million a month. And now a million a month is not a big deal. So that, that's not enough. I see people spending 10 million a month. It's not big enough. Like, and it's not even spend. That's not even the main criteria. It's what the vertical is that you're in and whether you have a client that's in one of the categories that, or one of the geographies that they're trying to go. Does any of you have a client where you have a partner manager, not a rep, you have a partner manager in one of the key verticals and you get invited to some of these events or to betas or special support? Because if, if you have a Fortune 500 company, then for sure you have a partner manager. And then that gives you a separate level of access. Like if you, like when, um, if you have a big chain, right, like a McDonald's or something with lots of locations, I don't mean for the franchisee, I mean for corporate, then you often have access to the partner level manager. That will give, so that the, will bypass a lot of these other pieces. I'd say the lion's share of, of the people on the line and that are watching this are dealing with the average local plumbing company, lawn care company, chiropractic office. So we would fall way under the threshold of what Google would see as an agency, you know, that right. deserves that type of access. So if we can speak to like, look, you're not going to get a partner, you're not going to get like chat support. Like, how do you deal with this at the most effective way possible with that being the case? <laughs> so you do two level, going after. So you do two levels of appeal. And if that doesn't work, then unfortunately, unless you, you have a great connection, 
You're just going to like have Dennis, to like Dennis, right? Of a personal yeah. message. You don't, no, 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 don't do that. No, that's why I don't talk. Like I did this as a special favor for Josh. I'm, messing, I'm Josh. messing with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Like I seriously, like I could pull up my phone and I can show you how many messages I get per day from people that are hitting me up on stuff like that. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Total kidding. Yeah. 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 So you basically have to do the appeal and within the first, you basically can get two appeals, right? The first one they might not respond to. Don't freak out. Four days later, five days later, submit another appeal. Do not get mad. Be very polite. Document what you're doing, but don't write an essay. Don't write this giant thing. It's not some court case you're trying to do in the, in the court of Facebook, right? If you have abided by all the things that we're talking about, within the first two appeals, you'll probably get your account back 70, 80% of the time, right? The first appeal, they just probably didn't get around to it because it's just somebody, they get like three seconds to look at your thing and they're trying to make a snap decision. They don't have all day to read your thing. They're just trying to figure out what's going on. If that, if either of those two don't work, then either you're going to use a backup ad account. So we'd like to have two ad accounts just as a backup and season the pixel, which is sort of gray hat, but for big accounts, we often want to share the pixel. You share the pixel to both accounts. That way, if one gets shut down, at least you've got a backup where you've got yeah. the, the custom yeah. audience and the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you only want to do that on the bigger accounts. And you can have, like I said, multiple admins. So make sure, like, make sure there's not just one. Because if that person, let's say it's a client or it's just use the agency owner, lose access, then everyone can lose access, right? So you want to have a second admin. Um, but if all the stuff fails, then you're going to set up a new ad account. Now, when you set up a new ad account, you don't want to just all of a sudden put in everything that you're, you know, copy everything over. Well, actually, it's very difficult to copy everything over. You used to be able to uh, when we had power editor and that kind of thing. But when you set up your new ad account, start with simple engagement posts. Don't try to sell. You just want to warm up the account. You don't want to get disapproved. I wouldn't worry too much about trying to use a different credit card or a different computer or all the different ways to try to make it look like you're a different person unless you're a spammer and you're in CBD and alcohol and tobacco and gambling and like weird things like that. In that case, nothing that I'm saying is going to apply to you because you don't believe in the core principles that Facebook has. You're just trying to get around their system. But if you believe in the things that we're talking about, it's okay to set up another ad account and you'll be able to, and, and that new ad account should do okay. As long as you're not getting any negative feedback, just spend a few dollars a day, boost posts that are interesting and fun, do not generate negative feedback. You want high engagement and then start to layer in your sales posts and start to increase the spend gradually. You might take your time, take two or three weeks to be able to do this. Don't, and that's why you don't want to rely upon Facebook as a major method. So certainly you have Google. I really like TikTok and Snapchat. And yes, you have the ability to target by geo and by age. So it's not just teenagers. I love doing stuff with YouTube. Just because if Facebook goes down, you don't want the client or your agency to be all of a sudden be screwed. That's why I don't believe in verticalized agencies. I know I might, you know, anger some of the people here that specialize in just SEO or specialize in just PPC or just video or just click funnels or just because if any one of those things go down, your your whole portfolio is at risk. I love going by vertical, like what Josh and I talk about with the lighthouse. So I just want to serve chiropractors. And if right now texting campaigns is what it is for chiropractors and you know, whatever it is, like I, I don't want to be channel level dependent. Channel level dependence also opens me up to competition because then they could find someone else that does SEO, someone else that does Facebook ads, someone else that does Google ads, you know, whatever it is, right? When I own the relationship at the, at the lighthouse level, then I, I create insulation. 
So the new account, don't worry about the new account and other people trying to, or you know, Facebook trying to associate because they will associate. They can figure out that that's, you know, Jim Boykin or Josh Nelson or you know Jay Berkowitz or whoever it is, right? And if yep. that that should work for you. The, and the the common question is, well, should I at this point should I wait for the appeal? Should I try to appeal one more time? Should I try something else? Because I I really have a lot of account history. And these custom audiences have been working really well. And if this, if that, if I have to start a new ad account, I have to start all over. Or even if I'm able to use the the pixel from the other account that got shut down. But it's you'd be surprised. Facebook is learning faster and faster, and their ability to exit the learning phase. So it used to be you'd have an ad that was working, and even if you made a new account, duplicated the ad, or, or you know somehow got shut down and made a new one, like you'd never be able to get back up to where you were. And the same is true of Google even today, where you, you have these ad accounts that are 10 years old that are running ads. Some of you guys might have that. And even if someone else tries to compete with you, especially as an affiliate, they, they just can't unseat you. Even if they copy the ad, have the same bid, they're just, it's just it's, you can't shake someone out of the tree is what we call it, right? So don't, but that was before today, it's not that big of a deal because the window of time they look back to see what the history is, is getting shorter and shorter. It used to be months. Now the Facebook folks won't tell me exactly, but I think it's a couple of weeks. So it's not that big of a deal. And you can reimport your custom audiences, your plumbing, you can transfer very easily, which is all your tracking and your tags and that kind of thing. So it's not that big of a deal to spin up a new account. It's just, it's just going to take you a couple of weeks, maybe even a month to get back up to where you were. I'll give you an example of this that was inadvertent. So we did this for, Howard Johnson and a couple other hotel chains, which have a lot of properties a couple months ago. And we had to migrate everything over to new accounts because they were bringing everything in house away from their other agency. And they're afraid of like losing all the data and the, the account performance. Cause they had ads that were driving a ton of bookings, even during Corona. And, you know, we have this whole list of how we do the migration. If you guys want, I'll share that with you. And we lost performance. Awesome. Yeah, and just, just send me a note, whatever. Uh, Josh, send me a note, and I'll, I'll give you, like, whatever it is. Don't, don't come to me. Go to Josh, right? You're in seven-figure agency. And by the way, if you don't know about Josh Nelson and you're just starting your agency, you want to learn everything that Josh has to say. You want to get his book on having a seven-figure agency. You want to join some of the masterminds he has. You want to follow him on Facebook. You want to join the groups. Like, everything related to scaling an agency, you need to listen to Josh Nelson. I'm tell I'm, he's not paying me to say this. And a lot of people might say, oh, well, Dennis, don't you teach how to grow agencies as well? Yes, but not the same. Josh and I have complementary techniques, okay? Ours is more inbound driven if you, and, and more like strategy, and his is more tactical step-by-step, -step. especially if you don't have an audience and you don't have a, the advantage of having the connections and you want to follow more of what Josh is saying, right? Dream 100. Thanks for that. saying that. Thanks for saying yeah. that. I appreciate I mean it. That. <laughs> yeah, you need, there's so many people that are going to try to say, hey, you know, buy my $2,000 mastermind course and I'll tell you the secrets on how you can have a seven figure agency by next month. Like don't listen to that. Listen to what Josh and I are saying. You're getting this information for free. Okay. I'm telling you other people, there's no secret that if you pay money for, you're going to get the secret that I'm not going to tell you only people that pay me 10 grand a month. I'm going to tell you the secret. There's no secret. That's the secret. All right. I'd love to. This is great. I just, I want to, yeah, I know that you've got to jump to another call. So I mean, yeah. I don't want I just, so you know, you're at the five, uh, 55 mark. Yeah. Um, I want to see any, any further questions that you have. I, I saw one other question here about if you get hacked, if your account gets hacked, if your page gets hacked because someone fell for a phishing scheme or whatnot, 
that unfortunately is very hard. So you can submit a bunch of, you have a bunch of people, you know, go to that page or profile saying that this thing's been hacked. You can try to use chat support if you have that to do that. If you are a client of ours, we maybe can do you a favor and make a request, but it's very, very limited. But don't use that as a thing to come reach out to me. You just don't want to allow anything to get hacked because when, when you get hacked and someone else is abusing your ad account and running stuff as custom audiences on your pages, they're just going to burn your account just like all the other accounts they're able to burn. And at that point, you're probably just going to have to start over if you got hacked. It's just unfortunate. And because you're in the bucket of the millions of consumer issues that happen each day where people fall for phishing scams. See, I almost fell, I, like every month, I, these phishing scams, they come at me and I see them and I almost fall for them, right? So just train your people that the really, the answer is train your people to be able to spot phishing scams, never allow for, for them to give approval to anything. Make sure everything is two-factor on your Google accounts, on your Facebook accounts, on like everything two-factor, right? Some people complain saying, oh, my phone doesn't support two-factor. I can't check my mail on my phone. Sorry, too bad. Get a new phone, enable two-factor. Everything's two-factor, okay? Business manager, two-factor, right? I know, I know you got to hop. This has been amazing. If you got value from Dennis, be sure to thank him. Um, how can they connect with you further, Dennis, if they've got questions, if they want to learn more? Yep. So you can send me an email, Dennis at blitzmetrics.com. You can send me a message on LinkedIn. If it's business, connect with me on LinkedIn. Do not connect with me on Facebook. I've been at the 5,000 limit. There's a 5,000 friend limit and I've been there for like 12 years. So do not message me unless we have met in person and we are actually friend friends. Right. But I always respond on LinkedIn. It might take me a few days. If you send me an email, I, I do always respond. And I'd love to hear how you guys are doing. I'd love to see you grow your agency. The reason why I love contributing to groups like this with Josh is because I believe in what Josh is doing. Josh Nelson is a good man. He surrounds himself with good people. There's a lot of bogus training that's out there. Most of the stuff you'll hear about what you should do when your Facebook ad gets shut down or how you should generate leads or some secret way to do whatever secret thing, most of it is just not informed. I want you to listen to people who know what they're doing, who actually run seven-figure agencies like Josh and I do. And you're in the right place right here. You're not going to learn everything in this particular live, whether you're watching this on the replay, on Facebook Live, or in Zoom. But I want you to learn from the other experts, not what they say. Watch what they do. And I'd love awesome. to hear from you guys. Dennis, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try and get a checklist from Dennis on how to properly set up your Facebook profile and your page and your manager account. Um, and if enough of you are interested, maybe we can talk Dennis into coming back on and talking about how to set up your business manager correctly. Yeah. So let's do it. Thank you, everybody. I know, I know you got to hop. Thank you so much yeah. for taking the time. Glad we spent time together. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's an honor. So if you guys want to hang out for a second, that was, that was, that was great. I've got Josh Wheeler on with us still as a co-host, right? Josh, are you still here? Wheeler? It's be funny if Wheeler walked away. Let's see. So any, I mean, this isn't necessarily my area of expertise, you know, managing Facebook ads and, and dealing with unhacked accounts, but I'd love to have an open discussion since we're here and we're looking at it. Sounds like we've got some people that are really well versed in this topic. Were there any specific questions you guys wanted to just kind of address while we're, while we're here and talking about this topic? I'm gonna unmute. 
All right. Looks like that's look, looks like that's all. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope that you got some good insights. Dennis is is like very very high level with this stuff. So I'm going to try and say, hey, Dennis, can you get us a checklist like the very specific tactics that we can go back and implement? So um, I'll get that and we'll send it out to you guys. And if you have any questions, the great thing is Dennis is in the Facebook group. So you can tag me, you can tag Dennis. Um, he's very responsive on email and on Facebook. Uh, so questions about this, let us know and we'll, we'll take it from there. Hey, thank you, Josh. That was uh, good stuff, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Josh. Absolutely.